I'm Elaine Cooperman. I'm Samantha Fishbein. And I'm Jordana Abraham, and we're the founders of Betches Media. Welcome to When's Happy Hour, the podcast, where each week we interview entrepreneurs from across multiple industries to learn their stories and showcase the experience they've gained from running their own businesses. As always, we ask the questions and talk about the things that everyone wants to know but are too afraid to ask or say out loud. For more on everything you might want to know about your career, pick up the paperback version of our book, When's Happy Hour, Work Hard So You Can Hardly Work, available on May 14th. Hello, and welcome back to the When's Happy Hour podcast. I'm Sammy Fishbein. And I'm Jordana Abraham. And we are here with an incredible guest. You may know her from Shark Tank. You may know her from her name being all around Manhattan. It is Barbara Corcoran. Applause. Yay, 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 yay. She's so pretty. Well, yeah, she is. She is. She is. No, you and do look great. No, she does. Yeah, right? Yeah. You never know when you see someone we on TV. We were just telling each other that. She looks great. Good makeup. Yeah. <laughs> no, just, you know, age well. <laughs> yes. You're lucky. Um, but we're so excited to have you here. As you know, this is our, our business-esque podcast. We wrote a book called When's Happy Hour. Um, great which title, is about, by the way. Who thank the you. genius who thought about that? Um, that took us a while to come with, up with. I think we did it with our editors. and we're, They were like, you need a title. The book is going into print. Um, yeah. <laughs> you need to pick one. And then we were just kind of throwing around a million ideas. And this was the best one we got it's half the value of a book i think picking that title it's so hard to do to get a good title yeah do you yeah. remember they were yelling at us on the phone they were like yeah it's been they're it's like too it's, long. Go- it's got to go to print tomorrow if oh you want boy. it to come out nothing like a deadline yeah yes. exactly to really just get you to pick do you like working with deadlines or do you, pre- do you prefer kind of doing things on your own time we were just talking about this yeah. where i kind of like i like to almost like i pretend i'm in school and have a, a solid person telling me what when something is due and how it should be done and other people kind of like to do things at their own pace what do you what do you find is like well i think i like to think of myself as someone who doesn't need a deadline that i'm self-motivated and i really will climb that mountain on my own steam but the fact of the matter is i'm really not i love a deadline something about being (laughs) against the wall gets you more excited and i believe makes you think of better ideas something about threatening uh, storms that makes you run inside and something about a deadline that will make you come up with an idea every time i think I kind of agree with that. I agree. Right? It's, a sur- it's a survival well, that's thing. That's not fun. If we're all going to agree, this yeah. is going to be boring. Okay, we can find, we find something, something to disagree, disagree about. Yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> Sammy, yeah. Sammy read something about um, about something, okay. something you said that she that disagrees would, with. So no, we can I, get no, into I it. don't disagree with it. I agree with it. And I need not some again. advice based on okay. it. But it, it, yeah. So we were reading just some things that you had said in preparation for this interview. And something that you said is that when people do really well in school, you expect that they would be worse entrepreneurs or that someone who doesn't do well in school would be a good entrepreneur. And Jordan and I talk about this because this is something, honestly, I struggle with. I was a student. I am a student. I would love to be in school doing assignments all the time. <laughs> but yet I'm an entrepreneur. And I struggle with that a lot because it's like there's no roadmap. Mm. to and there's no roadmap there's no teacher giving you a grade on each incremental assignment and it's it's honestly challenging when that is your your work style how does someone who is used to that kind of method of affirmation and and working how do they switch gears to to something much more independent and self-driven well it's a little uh it's a hard thing to do because if you're really good at school you tend to be one of these left brain analytical types so you I'm want the dots. You're not at all. No, I'm so, you're so right brain, but I'm good at like school. But if you're good at school, you're good at facts, uh, connecting dots, knowing what's expected. 
uh, answering properly, you know, yeah. knowing what to avoid, what you had to read, what you didn't have to read to get through and get good grades. It, this is, this, you're probably more analytical than you think. Right. I think yeah. the skill that, that might be lacking is the idea of like, take something from like the, the taking something from nothing and then knowing what to do and then sort of making yourself do that without someone saying this is exactly a b c d like outline of how to do it well you're right i mean right. There's, there's if you're going to build a business there's absolutely no roadmap of all and even when you've developed your own map there's no no one telling you yeah that's a good move yeah that's a good move right. don't go there so you're totally that's on your, you're totally on your own but but like you know it's 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 well, you do get a grade in business it's called cash True. If you make your money, true. you look at your monthly sales, and you see that your sales are uh, going up, that's an A. Uh, if you go into a bad cycle, and you think you're going to go under, and you think that your back's against the wall, and you don't know what to do and how to turn it around, and you finally pull it out of your ass, that's an A+. plus, Right? Right. So you do get your own grades, but you're not going to get them doled out for you. You've right. got to look for them yourself. I think business right. is much more fair. You could cheat your way through school if you coochie coo some of the teachers and mm-hmm. make friends with the smart kids but you can't do that in business i don't think that's absolutely true mm-hmm. but don't they say business is also about like kind of who you know you know Everything's i don't I'll, you know. I'll tell you i think who you know really does make a difference i never believed that till the last 10 years of my life okay i used to think that it's all what you do not who you know bullshit on that but i have learned that who you know gets you in the door immediately it right. gives you opportunity immediately except it only lasts for about a year after that, it's what you do. It's all what you do for the rest of your life. But get in the door, man. Who you know makes a hell of a difference. Definitely. Absolutely. Helpful. So you started the Corcoran Group in 1973 with $1,000. And you, I assume, did not have a roadmap at the time. Wh- where did you think that you were going when you started? And how did that evolve over time? Well, I didn't have a roadmap, but I had a real clear idea of who I wanted to be. On day one, when I answered my little pink princess phone that I paid an extra dollar a month for because it was pink. That's how they charged you, right? Um, I lifted up that phone and I said, good morning, Corcoran Simone, with an accent on the Simone, <laughs> because that was my boyfriend's name who loaned me the $1,000. I thought it was cool. I later, later found out his name wasn't Simone, it was Simon. And his first name wasn't Ramon, it was Ray. So it was really Ray Ramon Simon. Simone. <laughs> Ramon Simone from the Basque Country. Wow. All right. Where is he now? Uh, well, he's now in uh, Boca Raton, I believe, selling tennis wear or something. With, his, with a girlfriend, with his wife, who was my secretary, who stole him away. Well, that's a long story. But let, I need what to hear we that one. Yeah. But, yeah, but let me get back on track. Back onto the what the was call. the what was the damn question? Right. H- how, where did you think you were going in the beginning? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. This is very important. I knew I was going to be the queen of New York real estate. Like I could see it as though it already existed. Like the I could, like the secret. I've never read the secret. Is that what it's about? I should secret, read it. Right? I read the secret. It's basically like if you Imaging. envision something, but you have to have a real belief in the thing that is truly without doubt. And I think that that only comes sometimes. And you can't force yourself to have that. No, I don't think when you're envisioning who you want to be, it's like a daydream more than a vision, okay? I don't think it's rock solid and you think, that's me, no doubt about it. Put your money on me, baby. No. You have that vision and it kind of guides you in a way, a soft guide as to as to what that thing is going to kind of look like when you get there. But that is a roadmap. It's a visual roadmap with soft edges. It really, really helps. I think if I didn't think I was going to be the queen of New York real estate, I would have never become it. Absolutely. Yeah. 
So it's it's actually funny you say this. I had a similar experience when I was young. When I was in fourth grade, I ran into a wall and I cracked my two front teeth in Ooh. the shape of a V. And good I dentist, getting, they look good now. Thank you. I've yeah. had many pa- painful things, veneers, everything. So I I remember that night it, there was like a V shape because they mm. weren't able to immediately fix it. I can't wait and to I hear this. I literally said to my mom, <laughs> I remember staring in the mirror that night, look and saying to my mom. What am I going to do when I get famous and people ask why I have a V in my team? Wow. Yeah. But you knew you'd be famous. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It just I, seemed are like you that. famous? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I'm not totally she's famous. famous. <laughs> you're famous, yeah. too, by the way. Yeah, yeah we're equally we famous. Fam- we're not as famous as Barbara. We're, okay, but we're obviously you're very young, but famous. what were you saying to your mom when she was saying yeah. she was going to be famous? What were you You were going to say, I, I know like, a girl who needs a good dentist. I'm going to be a dentist. <laughs> 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 I wanted to be yeah. a lawyer. I eventually wanted to. Really? Yeah. Yes. But I'm Saved. sorry. Yeah. We, we we keep taking, we keep you, taking off you off track. track. No, I'm that's sorry. All right. So you, that's all right. you you had your you so you knew that you wanted to be this this person. You had your call your you're talking about the phone conversations that you would have or you the way you would answer the phone. Yes, yes. It's okay. an attitude kind of. Right. And were there so was there a, was there a point that you were like, "Okay, I'm good at this?" Or a point where you you kind of wanted to give up or like well there was a point uh, many years later in hiring people and uh, motivating people and getting people to do what I wanted them to do and dream with me and build the business for me that I realized I was gonna do well no doubt but that didn't come for many many years I think what happened in those early years is I thought uh, my thought was about as basic as I'm out with a customer that wants to rent an apartment on the street opening doors and they really like me they like hanging out with me and they trust me and you know I wouldn't rent them anything that I didn't really think they would really love and so I thought, well, this is easy. I'm good at this. So I definitely, from the get-go, almost day one, thought to myself, I'm good at this. This is like breathing. This is fun. Uh, but I don't think it went beyond that. I don't think you do that in those early years. You know? Right. So many times when people start off doing something, they what they actually start off doing, like selling apartments, is becomes miles away from what they where they end up, which is managing, obviously, this huge, huge business. We experienced the same. We started off writing a blog, and now we manage this business um how did you adapt yourself and your skills to those changing roles that you were expected to have you know i was so much better at managing and building a business uh and i kind of got that the minute i started doing it okay then i was at selling because what you need in selling is you need patience you get a clunker of a person or a son of a bitch who doesn't respect you has you dole out your cab fare over and over and then they go they don't buy anything anyway that can get to you if enough years in sales, you know, grinds you down. Uh, but the minute I invested myself in believing in someone who didn't even believe in themselves, like a new neophyte salesperson, and pushed myself into them and got them really believing, they succeeded. That's like playing God. Boy, that hit home with me. I'm like, I'm good at getting. And the minute I took a bookkeeper and convinced her she should be a salesman and took a salesman and convinced them they should be a marketing director and why, and they got it and they went along with it and took the risk and then they succeeded really well, that gave me confidence. I thought, I'm good at working through people. You know, right. and then the sheer enjoyment of having a big, happy family who's saying like every morning, good morning, Barbara, like they love you. <laughs> I was needy enough to need that every day. And so that re- you speaking about the report card earlier, you know, that that kind of gave me such good feedback. I got an Positive A. I got an A on all yeah. these people. So I, I was better at working through people 
than I was at a direct one-on-one selling. I was good, thank God, because it supported the business in the early years. Who else was going to make the money? Uh, but I, once I got set free of that, man, I knew it was limitless. I could multiply, multiply, multiply. It was like it was like a formula that I just worked. And the formula was so simple. I would get money coming in beyond my overhead. Let's say my overhead in a given month, I don't even I can't even remember now, but let's say my overhead was thirty thousand a month. I had ten people for thirty thousand a month. And I'm making this up. I don't even know what it was, even close. I would know that I had income coming in thirty thousand dollars. And then if I also had a receivable for five thousand dollars, I go, son of a bitch, five thousand, that's all I need to support one more salesperson. Boom, the air would go in. I grab another salesperson. I could pay for that desk. And then when I got another 5000 I could hire another salesperson. Boom, I put the bet down. It was a simple formula. Pay your overhead. See if you have a leftover. Hire another person. Pay your overhead. I never thought, like, give myself a bonus. It wasn't in my head. I want to see how far I could go, how far I could go. And, you know, eventually it became like, okay, I'd have another $350,000 coming in the next quarter beyond our overhead open another office of 30 people. Then it was, uh, open this. The numbers just got bigger and bigger because the machine was producing so much more. But my goal was always just to see how far I could go. What a blast. What a fun thing this is, you know? So that, it was like a very simple thing almost. I'm not trying to, I mean, not, I'm not trying to take away from the enormous hours, enormous hard work, the recessions, the hits on the head, the slamming yourself against a wall, all the disappointments, the rip-offs, all of that stuff happens. But and I'll shut up. I see you saying, wind it no, up. I want you to talk, no, I want you to talk about those things. Oh, you do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those yeah. are the things that, like, yeah. were you afraid? Like, so now you're talking about, okay, when you had the money to open up a new office or to hire a new person that you just were excited to go ahead and do it. Yeah. But were you ever afraid that it would all just kind of crash down? And, and how did you handle those, those hits that you took? And well. Say, like, what, what got you through that? That's the important part. So it's great you're addressing. I'm making it sound like it's a Pollyanna story. And that portion of it was, it was like magic, like playing, playing a house in a way, but on business, okay. But the, the important stuff always is when the shit hits the fan. No doubt about it. And so I lived through four real estate recessions. I was in hock up to my ears, the banks coming to foreclose on me, me writing goodbye speeches to my salespeople for the next sales meeting. I knew it was my last month in business. That happened again and again, four different cycles, okay? But uh, that's where you find out if you're really good at something. That's the truth. And so how yeah. did you do it? <laughs> um, one was I was too goddamn proud to fail two was i would think of ramon simone's words to me the day i left him when i he said you'll never succeed without me and i was like well f you right you You know the idea that he would see me go down for me i think i'd rather take a gun and kill myself honestly so i had that motivation okay and the most important thing was uh not having the answer, but believing if you stay in the game, you're going to get the answer. And you want to know it always happened that way. Every time when the chips were the worst and I was falling on my head the worst because I had a great idea and blew all the all the money and I was in debt. What, what, what was I thinking? Of? I would stay along in it and then I would think of the flip side of the negative and 
bam, it would be a huge success. Like my home's on tape that put me almost out of business. What a stupid idea. Putting all my apartments on videotape so people could choose their apartments from their lazy boy chairs. But uh, this was such a revolutionary. I'm a genius. Well, Didn't work. It, it put me in debt for almost $700,000 and I was going down two months later. But I stayed in the game. And if not for the homes on tape, and if not for hearing my husband just in passing a new government thing we played war games on called the Internet, I saw my answer. And I threw those damn apartments on the Internet and had two sales in the month. Do you know what an advantage it was? It pulled me out of the hole. It put us ahead of the pack by a mile. I was in the Internet like almost a year and a half before my competitors even knew about it. But I wouldn't have found the Internet if I wasn't desperate desperate for a solution what the hell am I going to do now you know so that's been a pattern and I don't think it's just with me I think really if you talk to any great entrepreneur who struggled they will tell you that if you can stay in it when the worst is worst is down usually that very worst has another version of itself you could finesse and pull something out of your butt on it you know right and that's what always brought you out yeah but fear is a wonderful motivator. Fear of failing is my middle name. Barbara, fear of failing Corcoran. <laughs> Another story from my childhood. <laughs> I, we, we had a, I was in a psychology class. I yeah. feel like you were in it. or In high school? Yeah, in high school. Probably. We went to high school. school I didn't read oh, that. Yeah. Even earlier. How fun. Yeah. <laughs> the teacher literally, like, raised her like asked a hypothetical question like who has a high fear of failure meaning like what kinds of people what a good teacher and i literally raised my hands like i was like me i have a high fear of failure but you were you're doing well as a student you said be crawly because i'm terrified yeah. of failure um yeah that's really i mean that's really incredible do you ever get to a place when you have overcome an obstacle where you feel like ah I did it and I can relax now oh no no I think when you overcome an obstacle if it's a real obstacle it's not an obstacle it's a threat it's a real live threat that wants to wants to kill you really so once you overcome that or get through it or past it or around it or something it's like okay what do we got you're onto what you got. You got the opportunity to actually work on something else because you're still alive. You know, I don't think you sit around and go, wow, you know what? Pretty good. Let's take a vacation. <laughs> so, Jordana, you know what I'm loving these days? What? A nice glass of wine after work. I feel that. It's just something, something feels after relaxing. Work on the weekends. It's nice. I, feel like I find it a nice Sunday night ritual. Yes. When I, Game of Thrones and, and, and wine. And wine, right. So where are you getting your wine these days? So interestingly enough, I just subscribe to First Leaf, which is a company that that, you know, because you never you ever want wine. But then you're like, oh, I don't have any in my house and I don't like want to go out to the store and get it. That's like you're kind of like toward because you really want it. but You don't want to go out and get it. This is really easy because this is a monthly subscription to wine. And if you're like me and you don't know really that much about wine, but you have like a general sense of your not a sommelier. Right, I'm not a sommelier, but I have a general sense of what I like and what I don't like. What do you like? I like like reds, uh, very dry, dry whites, and like that kind of thing. I have like a general sense, but I'm by no means like a sommelier, as we just said. Yeah. So uh, First Leaf makes it really easy. You can go online, you can take a quiz, and it's like catered to people who know like a little bit, like myself and probably you too, yeah. where you get to sort of pick like, I like these kinds of wine. You, you can pick like a Napa red or like a, the blends I like or like what do I what kind of flavors do I like? What kind of flavors do I hate? Like do I like oaky or minerally or um, 
tannins like a, right like that kind of stuff it's great because like you get to and then it makes you also feel like you're more invested in the wine and you know what you're gonna get and then they pick based on that quiz six bottles tailored specifically for you and they'll send them to you every month um and it's great because the first leaf has an introductory six pack of wine for me all for just 29.95 an introductory six pack of wine for twenty nine ninety five. These wines normally go for at least twenty dollars a piece. That is amazing savings. I know it's that ama- is like, and I will drink it. That's like, a great. That's the best Here's the thing: if you can never have too much wine in your apartment because right. eventually, exactly, you will drink it. It doesn't like, go bad if anything. The other way around, if anything, it gets better. Exactly, with age, like a fine wine. Yeah. yeah. So this is an amazing deal because you're paying basically thirty dollars for six things when you would be paying $20 for one thing. And so that is like insane. Exactly. And the best part is you don't have to leave your house. Yes. Um, which makes the, the wine part. more relaxing when yeah. you didn't have to go and like grab it and carry a million bottles home. So sign up with our link and you'll get an exclusive intro offer. Six bottles of wine for only $29.95 plus free shipping. Go to tryfirstleaf.com slash WHH. That's six bottles of wine for only $29.95 plus free shipping at tryfirstleaf.com slash WHH. For you, what's the hardest part of running a business? Uh, the Corcoran Group or my media business today? Um, is there Vast- Are there different hard... Yeah, they're so vastly different. Right. You know, at the Corcoran Group, I was in charge. Everybody worked for me, with me. I worked through everybody. And what I, where I wanted to steer the boat is where exactly it went that second, okay? What I'm now doing is talent work, a little different. You're in the receiving. They, we need you, boom, you pop, you got a boss. I mean, I work for myself, but I really have bosses. You know, the, yeah, the, the show's a boss. You know, you're my boss today right? I'm responding to what you need, you know? And so it's vastly different. But the hardest part of the Corcoran group was selling it. Okay. Because you didn't want to? Oh, no, I wanted to. Yeah. No, once I found out uh, that I was the uh, king of the, or queen of the market, uh, because I was with Esther Kaplan one night, my business partner, and we used to do a crazy thing to account for where we were in the market. There was no MLS. So you didn't know who was in what pecking order, but I would, with little strokes, little lines, once a month, count every listing of every firm in New York, which are probably like 700 firms, and put a little notch in price categories in the areas of town. I just did it. I had to see where I stood. One night, we put one notch, and I realized we had surpassed Douglas Elliman. We had more listings, more dollar volume, because we added up the volume. It's the only way you could tell. And I looked at Esther, I said, let's sell this joint. <laughs> <laughs> we That's reached our goal. Was I was the number one leave. firm. That's what I dreamt about. I couldn't even dream beyond it. Like, I don't know why. I just, okay, we got here. Let's sell this firm. And then we had a buyer on the hook within oh. uh, three weeks. Wow. Yeah. Were you sad when you sold it? Or? Oh, yes, because I'm so impetuous. It's just like I move. The minute I think it, I'm moving it in everything I do. And so the minute I sold the company, it was like, wow, I got $66 million in cash when I never had more than... $20,000 spare cash in my life, you know, and half the time in debt. And right. then it hit me. I sold my family. That's what I didn't see. What about those people? They're my kids. A thousand people I chose, I trained, I loved, I adored, I'd kill for, I'd do anything for them. Then all of a sudden, it's over. It's like, holy shit, what was I thinking? You know, it was a real scary time. Very scary. I was like immediately regretful. But they still had jobs, right? 
they were just working for someone else. Of course, I still had a job. I worked for Corgan Group for two years. But it was, you know, it's different when you work for a large corporation. Interesting learning experience. I learned so much in those two years. Lessons I frankly could have done without. But uh, it's it's so different when you're in charge and when you're pretending in charge. You know who's in charge of any business? Whoever's giving you the money. And you know what? The big company came and gave me the money. They were in charge, even though I was president or chairman or whatever my title still is. Forget it. It, it was just wasn't true. And so to be in that position, I was a, I went from mom to babysitter. Not so much fun, you know? Yeah, I can understand that. Mm. Um, but so going back to the story you had before, I run mm-hmm. a dating podcast also. So I, oh. I always love a good... Um, Are you dating yourself? Am I, uh, yeah, I have a boyfriend. Do you really uh, crazy about him? Yeah, I like him a lot. Mm-hmm. I'll keep him around. Okay. <laughs> Just wondering yeah. how well your dating site's doing for you. <laughs> he should be threatened every date. Oh my God! Yeah. I better, I better make the cut tonight, or she'll date somebody else. You sh- I'm gonna have, I'm gonna have you give him a call and tell him that. Right? <laughs> um, no, we're actually we're moving in together next week. Um, oh, that's the end. <laughs> you know how you know if you love a man? How? Here's my little litmus, litmus, whatever that thing mm-hmm. is called. Test. Okay. Yeah. If you get a chance to do his laundry at all, which in the end, laundry winds up getting in the same laundromat or same washer dryer, okay? Mm -hmm. It's how you feel when you're folding his shit. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, like if you feel like like disgusted or... I've been married twice, you know? And I could tell you exactly uh, when I realized I was going to leave my first husband. I'm folding. He's just six foot four, loveliest guy in the world. But as I was folding those long <laughs> blue jeans of his that went on forever and thinking where to bend it to get it into the drawer, I'm like, well, I wouldn't say what I thought. I'm, like, I'm not doing this anymore. And he didn't even ask me to do his laundry. But I knew I didn't love him. I wasn't going to stay the game. With my husband, Bill, I've been 32 years with Bill. But I know when the marriage was... When that marriage went over the honeymoon period, it's like, he has his goddamn white shirts again. (laughs) (laughs) That's so funny. Well, we have an in-unit washer dryer, which, as you know, is not that common in New York. No, it's not. Oh, in your apartment? Yes. Yeah, but who's going to take the stuff out of the dryer is the real question. Who's going to fold it? folding. She, like, I heard I on the like, past episode of I, You Up this morning that I was listening I to. I do she actually folding. like folding. Um, uh, but I'm just going to say one okay. more thing. When you're folding, because I love to fold, especially okay. napkins. It's so satisfying, you know, cut them in quarters and the right. and everything. Yeah, especially it's warm. But when you're folding his whatever, let's say a white undershirt, okay. you smooth it out with your hands. Think, am I loving this undershirt do I love smoothie out oh, let me get through it that's a bad sign you order start talking to can it change on the day depending on the day uh, yeah but that blows over but if you find right. this is a consistent pattern within the week <laughs> you just should like really sit down and talk right. if something's going on I will and I'll say yeah. you know Barbara Corcoran told me that <laughs> you should just be thankful every day that I'm still here <laughs> I didn't say that. You're misquoting me. Uh, what did you I say? I said you're going to have to work hard at opening up the communication and make sure you stay close. Okay. You can play the I tape said. for him. Yeah. Okay. I will. So you're obviously a very a very passionate person. I'm really loving this. I wish you could kind of just stand and motivate us all the time. Like maybe you should be. Yeah, you don't <laughs> strike me like the type that needs motivation at all because you're afraid. <laughs> I, it's, yeah, it's 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 a complicated thing going on, um, but so I listened to one of your podcast episodes biz, mm. of Business Unusual, and you were talking about how persistence is really the most important thing. Mm. And sometimes I feel like passion and persistence are almost things that can't that they're not opposite, but they 
sort of can't coexist because when you're passionate, you don't need persistence because you're naturally pushed by your by that passion. But persistence is when you really don't want to do something and you're like, all right, I'll just fucking do it. So how do you so I, I mean, you're obviously passionate, but in those moments where you really feel that you just have to, you know, lean on the persistence, how do you build persistence and grit, I guess? I think you uh, learn to be persistent uh, as a habit when uh, you have enough things work out for you. It's hard to not have any experience and just like, let's say, if I had gone into sales, rental, renting apartments in those early years, which I had, and if I uh, worked with four customers who didn't like me, didn't buy from me, didn't rent anything, and then I went out again spending my cab fare, pretty hard to say, hey, stay persistent, right? Mm-hmm. What you need is you need uh, some positive reinforcement back. You need to have a taste of success to drive you. Like training a dog. You give him that biscuit. He's going to run a little harder than just tell him about the biscuit. And it's really there in the closet. If only you'll sit. Right. <laughs> right. No, so I think when you, when you have a taste of success because it came kind of easily, and I hate to say it like easily, but you... Honestly, I don't think you should be overall being persistent with anything in life if you're not naturally good at it. I think you have to find your 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 thing that wraps itself around your personality that plays into what your traits and your gifts are. Otherwise, you're going to be persistent, persistent with not a lot of satisfaction because you're not going to get good results. But assuming you're in your arena where you could uh, expect that you will be successful, uh, all you need is a little bit of success and then to remember it that it worked out, that it automatically kicks you in to be persistent again and again. Right. Do you know, I have, uh, for example, on my podcast, this is a, a silly example, but one very clear. Um, I wanted to get an 888 Barbara phone number. I tried out every eight, uh, every toll-free anything. Okay, Barbara, spelled not differently, but my name, right? Because I need people calling in and asking questions for advice, which is what I do so well on the podcast. Okay, it took me, or me and Lila Mann, who works with me, uh, and she did most of it. I shouldn't even credit myself, except that I kept asking, oh, where's the phone number, where's the phone I was a pain in the ass. But it took us working four different corporations, and she counted up by the time we were done, who owns the phone, to finally get all these corporate people to sign off. There was 37 people who signed off. From the head of ABC to Sony to WABC, we kept going down the food chain, okay, and finally got the phone number. Now, you might say, boom, phone number. What's the big deal? I naturally am persistent. There was no way in hell I wasn't going to get that phone number. I knew it like I knew my name. And we got it. So I got at Sammy on Instagram. What? You have at Sammy on Instagram? Yeah, you is. have it. Yeah, did you buy that or did you no, I, grab it? Was I it available? She waited. No, I, I waited till the bot or whatever who was on uh-huh. it got off. I kept checking and then I kept going back to our people at Instagram and was like, I got to get Persistent. But I ask you then, what was in your mind that whole time, every time you checked, I'm going to get this thing, I'm going to get this thing, right? I was like, I am Sammy. Yeah. Okay. I am the one. I deserve right. it. Yeah. I'm going to get it. I don't deserve it necessarily, but. <laughs> no, but you do deserve it. It's your name. There's a reason you got it. You know, yeah. partially part yeah, of it. Exactly. That. You deserve it. Right. Right. Yeah, yeah, so do you bit. feel like there's a difference between, how do you how do you know if someone's being persistent or if someone's being annoying? What's the difference? <laughs> well, it depends who wants to listen. You know, <laughs> if uh, I'm after you for something. Mm-hmm. on and on and on and I'm annoying you I'm not going to get anywhere I got to change my gig change my means of communication come up with a gimmick I'll give you another example I'm going to do a uh, a series on my life a real estate girl in New York kind of thing okay a lot of people have pitched me on awesome. I'm finally going to do it but I want a certain showrunner to do it 
two guys that are phenomenally creative writers with a sense of humor. I could s- taste what it should look like. What do I know? I'm not in that field, you know, that making. I'm not in the production field. But anyway, I persisted. These guys know they're not available. They're involved in this show. They I searched anyone who had access to them. And finally, when they wouldn't see me or rejected me, I took a life-size doll of myself, shipped it to their house. <laughs> Okay. Research what their favorite chocolates in the world is. Yeah. And I said, I know you couldn't see me in person, so I sent myself. Oh, my God. And it works? Guess what? I'm seeing them in a week and a half. I'm going to close that deal. I have no doubt. But it was the persistence that is going to get me those showrunners, executive producers that I want on that show. I know it. Or I don't want to do it if I don't have the right guys writing it. How good could it be? These guys, their emails back to me were so delicious the way they played with me. They said, we punched holes in it. We thought it was actually you. We saw your (laughs) hair. I mean, I was in the scene with them as they were opening up this giant box. Oh, it's a dead ringer for me. It's eerie. It looks like a dead person, me, of uh, which I'll probably be soon. But the top of my hair. Someone murdered Barbara Corcoran and sent her to her. for them to relay that that opening of the box in great detail in a short email, I knew I had my right guys. I said, these are the guys. You right. know? Well, it's that's interesting. That's a very interesting that. point of like the difference between persisting and persistence and annoyance is that annoying people do the same thing over and over again to yes. get what they want, and they annoy the people that they're they're trying to get something from. But persistent people find different, like you're saying, like find other ways to get to them that isn't mm-hmm. the same thing they just tried. You are exactly accurate in that. Exactly right. accurate. And I'm sorry I didn't say that because I really no, did I think, that's, think that. that's what you said well, by maybe. example, okay. but it makes sense. Yeah, but I want to get credit for that. So you <laughs> just said what you're taking credit for. I want to say, you know, the key is going about it from different avenues, different. Let's see, but you said it. Okay, you got it. <laughs> it's interesting uh, no, that you it's say that, that this is. I like that a lot because I think I'm always like, I don't want to annoy this person by asking them again. Right, but like you're saying, is you're right. That would be annoying. Find a different way to get to them next time. Just right. send them a life-size doll of you. Right. <laughs> well, don't copy my idea. I might want to use it again. <laughs> well, it definitely won't. Okay. It's it's interesting that we're talking about persistence because I feel like sometimes we get advice within business that we should play hard to get. That if you kind of act a little bit like you don't need to work with someone, then they won't have as much power over you. Like a, like a, for example, who would be a someone in this scenario? Like a potential advisor or a potential... You want to um, put someone on your board. You want a sponsor who's going to give you a ton of money. So you play a little hard to get. Maybe not necessarily with a sponsor. Mm-hmm. But yeah, with, yeah, or with, with an advertising, with an advertising partner, yeah, for sure, a partner, yeah. a connection, someone who you can strategically work with that you don't want to seem like you need them so badly. You know what? I, I don't buy into that. Okay, if you're selling, uh, like if you're selling something, that's part of the game. You take it away, people want it. Okay, but unless you're selling something, I don't think it works. You know how I look at it? Put yourself in the shoes of the other guy that you think you're going to pull this routine on. Okay, would you want to feel that or would you want to be instead feel important? I think the way to go about that is quite the opposite. You tell them they're the only one, like I did to these two guys, you're the only one for me. I can't envision anyone else. It's a romance. You're out to get the guy, right? So you just go on and lay it on thick and let me tell you why we feel so passionate about you. Please, you must... I don't think that looks like groveling. It looks like passion. It looks like determination. It looks like what ego wouldn't be flattered? Right. 
I think you got to make somebody, people in the end are people. What would a kid like, a kid down the street, an eight-year-old? A grown-up man's not that different. You know, God, are you handsome today? God, are you smart? Is is that what you do on Shark Tank? If Let's say there's multiple people who want want the deal, right? Mm -hmm. Which if the person's lucky enough to have that, do you feel like that's your method of get, of locking it in, of making sure that you get it by like showing them how important you think they are? Uh, no, you can't do that because you have a crowded feel. It's a little different than the example you just raised. You know, I've got five competitors or four competitors there mm-hmm. all wanting the same thing. And worst of all, I got Mark Cuban, who's a billionaire. You know how hard it is to compete against a billionaire when you're just a measly millionaire? <laughs> uh, it makes a difference. It really yeah. does. So, you never think about like that, I think, when you're watching, but everyone, I guess, does have. Oh. If you guys are all extremely wealthy in your own way. Oh, but believe me, there's a huge difference. And I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what the dynamics between are and what the difference is, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll say, let's say we all want this particular deal, and I know in my heart of hearts, which I always know, yes. Or no, it's never a maybe kind of a thing inside my stomach and my intuition. I know that these people will do better with me than anybody else there. I'm not going to blow hard with them. I'm not going to manipulate them. I'm not going to do anything once the deal is done. I'm going to get right behind them, make them part of my family, get them to know all my other entrepreneurs, motivate them, give them good business value. I'm going to go to the mat for these people. And I'm sitting there thinking, nobody else is going to do that. Uh-uh, they're going to have committees. They're going to have delegation. You're not going to see if you face up. You know, I know I'm the best one yet. How do you sell them? I got to look at that entrepreneur's eyes and see who they're looking at. I could tell right away who they want. So I don't push hard. And even if I push really hard for that deal, which happens all the time, sometimes I'll do it for sport. You push really hard for the deal. I'm going to give you exactly what you want. I'm going to give you the right amount of money for the stock percentage you said. And I want to know now, guess what? Mark Cuban's going to say, I'm going to give you twice what you're asking. I'm going to take less stock, and I'm going to give you children, if you ever have children, jobs in my corporation. <laughs> Whatever. He just like, blows you out of the water. So if they're looking at Mark, I'm like, okay, sit back next. <laughs> you know, we, you have to go out. You have to make an attempt. You have to, but you don't always have to have your heart in it because you assess what's your odds on winning. And I think that's key in anything, uh, what's your odds on winning. If you're in a reasonably optimistic person you're going to skew to the positive anyway but if you sit there and go you know what they're not even making eye contact with me i'm telling you a third of the men that come on that set will never make eye contact with me i know they're guy guys they're going to want a guy on their team are you you offended by that uh no i get it because if i was there I'd be making eyes at me and want me on my team. And that also happens. People are like, they, they talk to everybody, but they keep coming back to rest on my eyes. Like, oh, they want me. Right. I'll offer them less money. They'll probably take it. <laughs> so, guys, today we are sponsored by Green Chef. Green Chef is a USDA certified organic company that makes eating well easy and affordable with plans to fit every kind of lifestyle. Meal plans include paleo, vegan, vegetarian, pescatarian, Mediterranean, heart smart, lean and clean, keto gluten-free and omnivore so that is a ton of options for you to pick pick from no matter what your like current diet or method of eating is yeah i've been loving green chef you know i've been trying to cook more and order less but green chef has been amazing because it let me choose basically i picked pescatarian um and then everything was basically like 
delivered to me. Mm-hmm. We put it in the I fridge. I also. Oh, look at that. But it was so easy. All, there were like all these options. It worked in my lifestyle. Like I could just come home, make it. It took a few minutes. Can I and say? It was great. So my favorite thing about uh, getting Green Chef, which I really liked when cooking. I'm not very good at cooking at all. Anyone who knows me knows I can't cook for shit. I wouldn't trust Renata with a knife, honestly. But my meals with Green Chef were are actually... Cut. My my they're re- no they're really good because it's the correct amount of cooking for someone who doesn't like nor is good at cooking like myself. So like I don't have to make the whole like sauce from scratch. Like now like it, the sauce comes there, I just have to put it on and that's the level of cooking that I personally really like because it's like simple, it's not like too extensive, it's really hard to fuck it up. Right. If you have kids, you could train them how to cook using this. <laughs> like me. Yes. Yeah, like Jordana. You have someone who is totally useless like me. So we have an offer for you guys to try Green Chef. For $50 off your first box of Green Chef, go to greenchef.us slash WHH. So you get $50 off your first box of Green Chef. That's like it's a, a steal. lot to, to save like from a meal. That's like if you go out with a friend, that's your whole meal potentially. So you can save $50 off your first box of Green Chef. Go to greenchef.us slash W-H-H and enjoy your meal. So it's about, it's about being on that floor is probably having a good ability to read people. It's probably so important. I think it's, uh, I think it's the whole thing, reading the people, not the business, because, you know, you don't really know. I mean, my business is real estate. What do I know about this tchotchke or this kind of business, that kind of business? I don't really know, but what I know about real well is people because I've worked with them my whole life, made made myself rich with people. And what I also know is how to take a little thing and build on it and make it really, really big. That's my gift. I can see, because I got that from my mother. She was the most organized multiplier I've ever met in my life. If she had to do one thing once, like make peanut butter and jelly sandwiches for her 10 kids in the morning, she had a paint spatula and a giant peanut butter. You know those pointed things that you do spackle work? She didn't have a knife. She took like 10 pounds of peanut butter, lined up all the bread, and painted one way, and then came the other direction with the grape jelly. And flipped the tops on, and bagged them, like an assembly line. She got 10 kids out to school, I would say in... You're one of 10? Yeah, 10. uh, Maybe 45 seconds flat. We were all out the door with our lunch bags. Done. So... I grew up under mother like that. Don't you think I could see something and think, how do I get a hundred of these things? I'm always thinking when I'm listening to the Shark Tank businesses, like when the Cousins Main Lobster, they had come on, they were only in business for a month, but nobody asked them how long they're in business. They're so buttoned up. We all thought they're in business for years. How much money are you making on that truck? What's your cost? Blah, blah, blah. I mean, I could do basic math. That's about as far as I could do it. And their personalities are amazing. And I thought to myself, holy shit, this is a franchise with those numbers. We could have trucks all over the country. And that's what my pitch was. That's why they came for me. Because I saw the vision. I'm good at that. It was nothing more than another version of my mother's peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, right? Same old thing. But uh, so those are the, that you have to know what, what your kind of business is that you should pick. I'm no good at the tchotchke stuff. You know, I, I don't get excited, even though, you know, like Lori will make $3 million in a week on a sponge with a smiley face? You gotta be kidding. Who would want a sponge with a smiley face? Eight million people that we wanted it. I didn't even get it. Like I wouldn't put that ugly thing in my kitchen. Okay, but she saw what it was. That's her gift. She knows product inside and out. I happen to know what a business is that I could build. That's my thing. Yeah. How involved are you with the businesses that you invest in? It depends if they're any good or not. Okay. I'm fully involved with the businesses for about three to four months. Okay. 
After you do your due diligence, close the deal, the cash is exchanged. I always have an immediate uh, Skype call or a meeting if it's doable uh, right up the front end. You want to see what you actually got, you know, beyond what you met at Shark Tank. Have do you, you ever, ever, do you ever have a moment where you're like, oh, fuck, I shouldn't have, that this, this yeah. was a huge mistake. I did this for TV. This was a huge mistake. Yeah. Oh, well, I do do deals just for TV. You know, okay. if you're going to be on Shark Tank, you got to play the game. Sometimes I'll sit on set for two days, see 20 pitches. I don't like any. And all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, boy, I better buy some shit here today. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I was Wait, I came all the way to the store. Yeah. I got to get something from Target. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Same kind of thing. Right. Yeah. Who but, are you most competitive with? Um, Lori? Women on women. Uh, Lori would be one of them. And uh, I would say Robert Hershevik. Yeah. Okay. What about What about them? Uh, well, what don't I like about them? <laughs> <laughs> if you want to share that. No, no, no. I, you know, we, we've been in the tank for 10 years, most of us, some of us for eight so years. Long. It's like a, a sisterhood, brotherhood kind of thing. Yeah, so we like each other. And we know what we don't like, and we've accepted it. So there, you have it. Right. A family, well, that's the a key to any business relationship, too, I feel like. You have to yeah. kind of figure out um, what someone's strengths are and what their weaknesses and try to, like, just know that their their bad parts are probably, like, something that's not going to go away. Yeah. And right. also that their bad parts are what enables their good parts. Because so many, so much, I see this all the time here with myself, with so many people. It's that if someone's really good at something, uh -huh. sometimes those skills stand in direct contrast to a different skill that they might need to have. Oh, absolutely. And that you just kind of have to accept that you're not going to get this perfect person in every way uh -huh. all the time. And it's not the key to building any success. The key is to wrap as much as you can around what they do well. That's yes. how you get success. But don't you really want to hear the gossip on Robert and Lori? You, you got yeah. me off track. Okay. Oh, yeah. All right. What drives me crazy about Robert Hershevik, okay, Let's hear it. is that he constantly cuts me off with his little, like, a little bee buzzing questions. Hmm. What are your sales? What percentage? And he's three seats away from me, so I can't punch him the heck out, which I'd like to do. I'd like to punch him in the gun and say, just shut up and let me right. get a word in. It's, it gets exhausting. Uh, and what I, uh, what bugs me about Lori <laughs> is opposite. She goes on and on. I see a lot of virtue in you, and I'm going to tell you in the next <laughs> 35 minutes each one of those things I see. And that's what Mark Cuban and I... <laughs> lean into each other luckily he's on my left and and either he says it or i said if she doesn't shut up <laughs> but you know that's why you have editors it comes down right. to a great soundbite somewhere in there's a great soundbite so that's good uh mark cuts to the chase until he's on a technology stock oh my god then i tell him mark shut up if you don't <laughs> shut up i'm gonna kill you okay um uh the the guy easiest to to do away with right away of course is mr wonderful because he's a bully and it's so easy to to bully a bully and just say what the heck are you doing that you know you could just and he loves it he likes the opposition and right. then who have i forgotten he likes being the villain and damon's bit. an absolute sweetheart and when the set is going slow he'll tell us a filthy joke <laughs> right in the middle whispering it and we'll be we just needed the levity so he's the the least dispensable person in my mind because right. he adds the happy note. He is so funny. But they added all that filthy humor out. Too bad because it's owned by Disney. They should have an X-rated version. I would watch that. I'd watch that yeah. one. Yeah. Do you ever feel like, do you ever show up there and you're just kind of like, I do not feel like doing this today at all. I do not feel like listening to all these people. I don't care. Do you mm. ever have any days like that? No, the three... Asking for a friend. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we all... Yeah, I don't know. I, I, we all... We have days where we show up to work and we're just like, I can't do this today. Can't get through it. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, but you you're know, being televised, so I imagine it's no, even No, no. You know what? I have the three months leading up to June when we start shooting. Then we go back again in September. So the three months leading up to June, which are right now, I have uh, anxiety nightmares all the time. I'm sweating out what the hell am I going to wear. Uh, I'm thinking I'm looking older than I did look in my same bathroom mirror only yesterday. Oh, shit. I should have gotten that facelift again. And why am I stalling? I mean, I get all the insecurity things. And then I think, I don't even remember what I did well last season. I bet they're looking to fire me. I bet they're, thank God. Oh, no, I have two more years of my contract. Okay, I'm good for two years. Calm down. Calm down. This is what I do to myself. Drive myself nuts because of my insecurity. And all the way out in the plane, I'm sick in my stomach. Like, oh God, it's like walking one long three-month plank for me. And I sh- I've gotten a little better at it, but not much. But anyway, then I walk onto the set after two hours of hair and makeup in my new outfit and my new high heels. Walk onto that set, sit in that white chair, and I own it. I'm like, let's go, because I'm, I'm competitive. In the end, that's what saves me. I'm competitive. I'm like, oh yeah, you think you're gonna be cooler than me? Oh, no, you're not. <laughs> so that, But we're all competitive on that set, fiercely right. competitive. And it, wouldn't it be a good thing if somebody was like, oh, you take it, Robert. <laughs> you know? Right. Yeah. So, we, um, so that saves me, my, my, my desire to compete and win. Okay. You know? Yeah. Oh, oh, I like the insecurities yeah. are not going to go away. Right, no, but it sounds like that not. leading up to it is where, like once you're actually there, it's, so, it's totally fine. It's more about, I feel like that's with most things where yeah. you're just like, you get into the it. dread is more... Of a thing Before. Once, once you're actually there, it's not usually. It's even that true bad. of something as simple as cold cord, cold calling anybody right. you don't want to call. Just it's so bad, it's on your to do list forever until you pick up the damn phone, and then hello is so and so in. The worst is over. It's just about getting into it that gets gets you past it. I think. I had a sales job once. It was so bad. I think I was so bad at it. It was it was like four months I was I selling video you. ads. I, I believe you. I can't picture you selling at all. I was no. terrible at sales. I'm because I, basically I'd be like, I'd, I'd do the cold call and I'd ask them if they want the thing. They said no. I'd say, okay. <laughs> that's what I want cool. a salesperson to do <laughs> right. when I when they call me. No, but that's not how you make a sale. I was just oh, like, no. I'm yeah. I, right. Even I'm terrible at talking to the customer service reps at like Fios. They'll be like, well, we can't give you that. I'm like, okay. Well, oh my, oh my, oh my. Thank God you didn't work for me. You would have been out in a month. <laughs> I would be a terrible uh, agent or salesperson. Yeah, I would have been out. But you would be good in sales. Really? Oh, yeah. I think you'd be better Thank than you. I would. Absolutely. I was a headhunter for six weeks, and I. It's kind of like sales. It is sales. It's like sales and matchmaking at the same time. It's more sales than anything. Yeah. yeah. I was so bad at it. I don't know if maybe I just didn't give myself a chance. You didn't. It but takes a while. I. I don't know. You weren't believing in your product, but if you had replaced Maybe. that with a product or a service you believed in, you'd be fine. I actually think you're right about right. that. Okay, so we're going to play a game. It's called Hired or Fired. Oh. Um, so we basically give you a scenario. You're you're hiring, interviewing a person to get a job, and they they do one of these things. You say if you hire them or fire them. Okay, based on what they're doing. Yes, okay. we're going to give you different scenarios. All right, you want to start? Yes. Number one, they bring up Shark Tank in the interview. Fired. Yeah, well, I wouldn't fire them. Not hired. What's the right answers here? Fired. Fired. Oh, fired. Hired or fired. Yes. Yeah. As in like not For the hi- sake of the game. Yeah, it just mean, it, fired yeah. means not hired. And I mean, you know why not? Because it means they're enamored. The last thing I would want my business, someone enamored gets in the way. Right. They need to see you as a human. You don't need no, to be like, not even a human. It's just like if they're going to be excited to be in the TV business, that whole energy is going to be bad for me. I need a regular person who wants to get the job done. That's, I like that. Yeah, yeah. We, we agree with that. Yeah. Okay. They don't bring their resume to the interview. 
Couldn't give a shit. I don't read the resume anyway. <laughs> okay? If they, okay. people give me the resume, I always feel bad. I go, oh, thank you, and I just put it down. You know why? Because the resume, in my mind, gets in the way of you sizing up the person. You know, it's, it's so practice. It's a little formula. You don't even know who wrote the resume. Never mind. Or even if the jobs are even real or whatever. And what are you going to do? You're going to confirm the resume. Oh, so tell me more about working at Apple. What did, exactly did you do? Was it a big team? What are you going to learn about a person? No, I want to get right in them and go, so where are you from? Yeah. What's your mom like? Yeah. How about your dad? Do you have brothers and sisters? What did you do as a kid? Who's your best friend? Huh. That, you're going to really, all that personal stuff, you know who you're going to hire. That's what you do when you're hiring a person, not a resume. Okay, number three. They don't have a college degree. Well, if I was hiring an attorney uh, and he had his bar pass, that would be cool. If I was hiring a medical doctor, I'd really want a medical degree. What about, okay. a sal- what about like a, a real Anybody estate Anybody else? Who gives a crap? You know what? It can. It uh, it doesn't. It the fact of the matter is, is you don't really learn a damn thing in college or even business school that you could apply to business honestly, unless you're going to be a professional manager. <clears throat> Go to a fancy business school is going to get you a job at the right firm. Okay, I get that whole thing, uh, and then it tell te- you know you don't know how to analyze numbers and all. That. I get that kind of thing, but if you're going to start a business and build a business of your own, there's nothing you could learn or have ever learned in any classroom that will ever help you for a damn thing. Not a thing. Right. Everything you're going to learn is going to be in the street. You're going to learn in the street, on your feet, street smarts. How do you hustle? How do you bob and weave? Who do you hire? How do you read people? Do you trust them? Don't you trust them? It's all going to be instinct, 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 based on a lifetime of experience, even if you're 12. Right. Not in the, yeah. So no, that would be like, let me hear more. I might have a few positions for you, and you might even get promoted before you start. <laughs> huh. You haven't gone to college? Ooh, let me listen. (laughs) (laughs) They give you a hug instead of a handshake. If it's a rock-solid young guy, I'd hire him on the spot. If it's um, if it's a, a a a woman who just wants to cuddle me, yeah, I probably wouldn't invite her back. I hate to say it; I know that's prejudice. But one, I'd enjoy. The other's like, why is she hugging me? And then the other is the, why is he hugging me? I go, God, he must think I'm cute. Yeah, I think <laughs> I would look through my own rose-colored lenses. <laughs> that's very funny. Okay, next one. They post political memes on social media. What's a meme again? A meme. What's like that? An it's image. like this kind of thing. Yeah, these are memes. They're like jokes that are basically oh, like... Yeah. But about po- politics? Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I wouldn't be watching this social media. Somebody else, though, would be because we want to see what they, you know, what they like as people. Um, I don't think I can answer that because I don't think I would know what the political thing meant to judge, you know, because I'm so apolitical in every way. Right. I heard yeah. you are not a fan of Donald Trump. Now, who told you that? <laughs> Someone else here. Yeah. <laughs> but well, you said you always hated him. Oh, no, 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 not at all. He was my best friend when I was building my business. He helped me uh, build my business. I helped him. We were both on the same beat at the same time. He's five years older than me, I think. Uh, But he was building his business. I was building mine. And when I wrote that first uh, condominium survey, top 10 condos in New York, and he was was advertising he's the top, and he wasn't. He was number 789 on sales. I sent it to him and he hated me, but I made him my best friend. He helped me through all those years until oh. he owed me $6 million and didn't pay. I had to sue and win. So you until won. then, he loved me. Yeah, of course I won. I would rather die than let him win that war. That war. It actually was a war. So much anxiety for a year. Huh. Yeah. A lot of lawsuits. Wow. Yeah. Only lawsuit I ever had was with Mr. Trump. 
Shocking, isn't it? I've never been in a lawsuit with a I'm huge company. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, I would guess the person who would be, I would say him. And yeah. I was hundreds in line in the lawsuit, by the way, down in the federal court. He owes a lot of people money. Oh, when yeah, you, yeah, yeah. It's when, a MO. When you're hiring, do you ever use your, or, or not hiring, do you ever use your Shark Tank lingo? And then you say, because you tried to give me a hug and because you did this for that reason, I'm out. Do you use like the, the Shark Tank terms in, oh, in everyday life? No, I'm a little bit sneakier than that. Okay. <laughs> No matter who I interview, I want to leave them whole and confident for the next interview, even if I have no interest in hiring them. So my closing line is always the same. You're really amazing. We have a number of other people we're going to be interviewing, and I hope I don't like any of them as much as I like you. That's, That's my so ending. encouraging. Because you know that. why they're not getting my job, and they have to go out to the next job. I want them floating and get their better shot at getting that job. It's just so a nice. lovely, lovely ending. And I shouldn't have said that forever. because now I probably can't use it now. You can yeah. Yes. All right. Last yeah, yeah. one. So they if they come for an interview and they've never heard of you or the Corcoran Group. Oh, it's a relief because I could actually uh, get into them and see what they're all about. Absolutely. No. Right. Without having to worry about them trying to say things that you want to hear. Probably. Right. Yeah. You know, it's a regular interview. It's a guy, a woman looking to hire somebody in a job that's available. It's nice, short and simple. All the clutter and static and the, the uh, preconceived notions are totally out of the way. So it, that never happens, by the way. But if it did happen, I would like it a lot. Maybe if I went to a foreign country. If w- a foreign country where Shark Tank's not shown, then I could have an interview. Maybe I'll start interviewing Venezuela, huh. maybe, so I get that chance. They're a little hungry <laughs> there, I think. Like or some country. <laughs> In Korea. I'm going to Korea for all my recruits. <laughs> I like that. That works. All right. Thank you that so works. much for coming uh, on today. This was my pleasure. So much fun. Thanks so much Great. for listening. Don't forget pleasure. to buy When's Happy Hour and follow Barbara on Instagram. How do, how do they follow you? It just type me in anywhere. Barbara Corkin, you'll find it all. And that listen to your, there. And your podcast business. is called business unusual. unusual. Business Unusual. Business Unusual. Thank you for that promo. I forgot about that. I'm not a very good promo person anymore. Of course. <laughs> all right. Me. Okay. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to When's Happy Hour. Pick up a copy of When's Happy Hour. Work hard so you can hardly work. Out in paperback, May 14th. Betches.